That's right. It's the Lemon Pepper Parlay Football Edition. I'm your host, Martin Weiss, and I'm joined here with my guest, Will Blackman. Co-host Will Blackman is what I should say, because he'll be joining me throughout the season on the Lemon Pepper Parlay. Will, it's a pleasure to do this with you. I'm excited to get into it. Listen, I was going to say, yes, I'm here, dog. I'm here. I'm here for good. Um, listen, you guys had me at Lemon Pepper, so that's what I order every Saturday when I watch college football. I get a order of Lemon Pepper wings, and I get some sparkling wine, some champagne or something. So not drinking today, but uh, you might see a bottle on Saturday. Check my Instagram. <laughs> I will. And if you check your Instagram for that and all types of other bottles, Mr. Wine Connoisseur himself. You and another buddy of mine, like, actually, like, study wine and take wine tests and things like that. It makes me feel like just some type of, I, I gamble a lot already. I feel like a degenerate drinker. No, you, you I shouldn't, just drink though. Whatever. You shouldn't, though. Like, the reason, so it's funny you say that because literally right next to me, I have all my flashcards because I have an exam coming up in a week or so. Um, but no, that's that's what I do. That's the business. I went from... Uh, you know, dedicated my life to football, now dedicated my life to one education. So, yeah, man, it's, do not feel like a degenerate. At the end of the day, you whatever you drink, whatever you like, that's the best wine for you. I know this. You'll do better on your wine quiz than Nathaniel Hackett did in the fourth <laughs> quarter, uh, fourth and five, deciding. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's really bad when they have alternate broadcasts and of older players like Peyton Manning, the guys who used to play are signaling timeout. Cause like me, like a guy like me, I never played football. I never made a tackle in my life. I'm signaling. But you still know the game. I guess your point is, right, but I'm I just, guess your point is someone like you, who's not getting paid like Nathaniel Hackett knows that you should call a timeout. But I want to, I want to go back a little bit before we get to the timeouts. I'm upset about the shotgun runs in the red zone. Okay. Yes. The running back should hold on to the football. But when you're when your O line is not getting the proper surge all game, really, and then you go in the red zone and you run uh shotgun runs, like you're not giving your guys the best chance. Like get under center and run that damn ball. I was that that was driving me nuts. Forget the timeouts and the time management. Yes, that was a big deal. It was still fourth down. So it could have gone either way. But, man, run the ball when you get into the red zone. The thing that I was wondering about that, because you, you see now Aaron Rodgers and, and Matt LaFleur has been one of the most successful coaches in his first couple of years in the NFL right. that we've seen in history, right? But you saw Nathaniel Hackett was his offensive coordinator, and then Mike McCarthy was his head coach, right? So you see Mike McCarthy go down to Dallas, and he's not having nearly the same success that he was having when he was with Green Bay, and he was with Aaron Rodgers. You see Nathaniel Hackett go to Denver, and obviously it's just one game, but you look at some of the play-calling decisions and the, the time management decisions and all of this and that, and I just think back to what I've heard in the years past about Aaron Rodgers and how he kind of like may not may not necessarily go along with the organizational structure sometimes. Basically, Aaron Rodgers would have called timeout if he didn't like what was going on in that fourth and five or, or changed the play from what I understand of Aaron Rodgers. What is it that we've seen? Is it a Russell Wilson thing? Like, what do you think? How does that how does that happen? Are you, are you going no back to the, are you going to back to the Super Bowl play? Is that what you're doing right now? Is that what you're doing? Are I you? mean, I'm just <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what it is. See, I don't know. I don't know. You, I, think, I, I, assume I, think you with, I think with Russell, the, the good thing with him is he feels like he can make any play or whatever play is called. He feels like it should work. So I think that's his mindset, which is not a bad thing. At the end of the day, right, if the play is called, we got to execute. If we want to run draw or any kind of runs out of shotgun, 
we got to block. We got to make it work. If they scored, I'm not saying anything. But the fact that they did and they fumbled twice, I'm saying something. But right there, there. Sometimes though, you think like, hmm, th- this this might not be the best play, or we should we should try something else. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of audio speaking of Peyton Manning of him arguing uh, back and forth with with his center or his lineman in terms of like running or passing the ball. Uh, and and right. he's like, well, I think this is the best call. So, yeah, th- there are times where he probably should make an executive decision. But even Ben Roethlisberger was on record saying that he didn't have executive decisions to make. He couldn't veto calls when he was in the hole. You're like, Ben, you've been in the league for 20 years. How come you can't make a call uh, to, to change a certain play? But, yeah, I mean, he, he, wanted to, he wanted to trust what's going on, and especially early on with a new head coach and a new coordinator, a new team, you do want to try to build that chemistry and trust what's being called. Cause perhaps you did work in on practice and that's what we're going to do. So, you know, they have two capable running backs that should have made it, but it didn't happen. But I don't know. I think Russell is just really it's, positive. It's, it just feels, it feels weird. And this is the last thing I'll say on it. It feels weird to know that the whole thing with Russ in Seattle was let Russ cook. He doesn't have – he wants more autonomy over the offense. He wants to be able to get more off. And then he goes to Denver and decidedly says, you know what, I'm going to turn the oven off. I'm not going to – like, the, the whole point. We got a hungry man meal. Is that what you're saying? Is that, just, I'm saying – I'm trying to figure out. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm old enough to remember Russell Wilson on a fourth quarter drives. Like, that's one of the quarterbacks in, in, in recent history you'd be more scared of. Look. Uh, with the ball oh, okay. down, but before you can know. cook, before you can cook, like, I think of it when when my wife and I were first dating, and she she moved in uh, with me, and you know she's she's going through the cabinet. She she needs to know what the seasoning is. She got to know like you know which pantry is which pantry. She's still in the kitchen trying to figure things out. You know what goes where, what can I adjust, what what can I, you know, it took her a little bit, and then once she did, you know, my wife's an amazing chef, so. Let let Russ figure out where the ingredients are first before he can actually cook. All right. Well, another guy who probably needs to be able to find the ingredients and maybe if he can uh, dry off before it might ruin some of the food after that super soaked game that they played. The Bears and the 49ers. The Bears, seven-point home dogs win outright. So, of course, everybody's like, the 49ers need to make some big adjustment because, you know, there's are you, are you a Niners they're seven-point favorites. I'm not a Niners fan, no, not necessarily. What do you? But, what does uh, that mean? I'm a Saints fan. Okay. No, I'm, I mean I'm a Niners fan this year because I took their futures. <laughs> <Did you> <laughs> things, but like I, I grew up rooting for the Saints, okay. so that's okay. why I said not okay. necessarily. Like, but I uh, the 49ers and Trey Lance, they have a quarterback obviously backing them up. Jimmy Garoppolo has had all types of success. And Trey Lance was hit or miss, a lot of miss on Sunday and in and a monsoon. Do the 49ers need to make a quarterback change or is it an overreaction from week one? Yeah, that is a massive overreaction. I just feel like that is the that is the worst type of conditions to display anything you can do. Um, everyone wasn't handling the football properly. Their best player, Debo, lost the football. Um, that is just a really tough situation to be in. I, I think where the Bears had the advantage was the experience of Justin Fields where he just knew what was going on or what to do, you know, to play in that type of inclement weather being in Chicago, which is the worst stadium to uh, play in outside of FedEx field. <laughs> it's really, is it really? It's, it, dude, it's, it's gnarly over there, man. But no, it is, a, it is a way, way super overreaction. Like let him get a chance. And, and plus that was what his, his what, second game in like three years, you know what I mean? Because he sat out um, his senior year, I believe it was. So yeah, I mean, right. Way, way, way too soon. But it does. It does not help. 
when you got Jimmy G. No, it doesn't help at all. It does not help at all whatsoever. But I just I can't imagine that at this point, even if it's you seen the wire where Slim Charles is talking to Avon, he's like, look, if it's a lie, we fight on that lie. Like we're gonna have to fight on that lie. Look, we traded three first round picks for Trey Lance. We're gonna have to fight on Trey Lance. Like we're gonna have to. That, that's gonna be our guy going forward. If, if you mortgage your entire future for him, I think to make it to change right here, right now would be dramatic. And I think that part of the thing that people forget about is the fact that they had a Super Bowl caliber team, right, right across the board, and said we need to trade three first round picks to upgrade the quarterback position. Why would they go back? Like they would, it doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. I, I just hear everybody saying Garoppolo is the answer, or Garoppolo. <laughs> Speaking of another reason, place or Garoppolo wouldn't be the answer, in my opinion. Dak Prescott breaks his hand, according to Jerry Jones. He'll be back in three weeks, according to like medical science, probably closer to six to eight. But, uh, like, do you think that the Cowboys should make a move at quarterback? No, listen, just but you made a fair point, right? Uh, let me go back a little bit about the Trey Lance thing. You made a fair point in terms of. The team was already a Super Bowl caliber team, right? They were already designed because they already went. They already went to the championship game. They already went to the Super Bowl. Um, so, yes, we were. they felt like they were a quarterback away. I'm going to bring up my homeboy, Acho, Manuel Acho, and they were talking about how the Cowboys now, Mike McCarthy needs to, like, look inside and get it together and figure it out. And he made a comparison when the Steelers in 2019 lost Big Ben and they go with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph and they still end up going 8-8. Eight and eight. But mm-hmm. what people fail to realize is they keep putting all that on Mike McCarthy. But when you look at the Steelers, the GM, Kevin Colbert, he built that team. Like that team was outside of the quarterback yep. was like already like ready to rock. And at the end of the day, when you have the team built around you, right. Then you can figure out like what's going on with the quarterback. Um, in, that, in that case, you think of any team that has lost their quarterback and they still had success is because the team was built properly from the front office. So looking at Dallas, right. They lose, they lose Dak for, it might be longer. You know, I, 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 I need to look to see where he broke the thumb, but I broke my thumb and I had to wear a cast for pretty much the rest of the season. He's going to have to throw the football with right. that hand. And the, he, I remember Ocho putting it on Mike McCarthy and I'm like, dog, it is Sure. McCarthy has to motivate his guys, get them ready to play, et cetera, et cetera. But it's the GM's job to make sure that the head coach has ammo for when stuff hits the fan at the end of the day. And so how's the old line? We're not sure. You know, how's everything else? We're not sure. You know, right. Jimmy, Jimmy G going to Dallas. I don't know if that's going to really help. You know, I don't think that's even a necessary situation. Yeah, I'd say, like, first of all, not only is Jimmy G not Superman, but it would take a Superman type of situation right. to come Jimmy in. Jimmy G had and, a team around like, him. There's, right. And, like, when I look at the Cowboys, I'll tell you, the offensive line, we know what it is, I think. I think we know it's pretty bad. Um, and, like, maybe it'll get better as the year progresses, but when Tyron Smith goes down, and at least to your point about the GM putting more, uh, you know, bullets in the chamber, so to speak, you draft a left tackle, right? So you draft a left a left side offensive lineman or he was playing guard and training camp and then, you know, kicks out the tackle, whatever. But you draft something to address the fact that Tyron Smith hasn't finished the season in the last three of them. Then he gets hurt prior to. But then you watch the first game of the season, the, the most penalized left tackle in college football doesn't get a single penalty. Penalty. It's the right tackle that gets back to back penalties on it. Like, so, you know, so what do we, you know, and then uh, was it, uh, B, uh, was it Biotis? But with the right guard, I think, got hurt in the middle of the, uh, in the middle of the Cowboys game. 
When I look at Dallas, I see a team that has, like, they're star heavy, right? They're, they're, they're superstar heavy. McGovern, thank you. McGovern was the one. Beatis is the center. McGovern is the one that uh, got hurt in the middle of the game. But when I look at the Cowboys, they are a team that got Michael Parsons. They got Diggs, who's kind of a feature famine cornerback, but is kind of the type of guy who makes a splash play. But outside of that, who am I expecting to be like game changers or game breakers on this team? And I don't see a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, this is this is an offense where Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy need to get creative and feature these running backs. You know, I wasn't I'm not the one who wrote off Zeke. I think Zeke is still the real deal. I just feel like he was injured. You know, obviously, when you're dealing right. with the knees, when it comes to a running back and he has significant knee injury that he played through. And he still end up being pretty effective, but not who he can be. That's a big deal. And then in terms of like Pollard, I mean, he, could, he, looked, he Zeke looked good. We, Zeke looked good to me. Zeke looks really yeah, good. Yeah, like Zeke's going to get yeah. you four to five. That is that is yeah. legit. Four to five a pop every time. And then get creative, you know, create mismatches. When you bring in two running backs, they're probably going to bring in another linebacker. Or if teams are smart, they're going to bring the defensive back. And now you can kind of create some kind of mismatch and put Pollard more you know, outside as a, as a receiver, go look up some Marshall Falk film and look what he did, you know what I'm saying, to get open in space as a receiver. And I would take advantage of that because he showed, he's the home run hitter. On the team, he is the home run hitter, is Tony Pollard. So, right, McCarthy needs to get more creative, but then also, too, the front office needs to find ways to get creative and find more depth, more just like legit football players. Because just, you have, you have the left tackle, he's injured. You have the quarterback, he's injured. You have the receiver, everyone's loading up and defending him. You have the pass rusher. Sure. Okay, now he knows. The, now Micah knows the chip is coming, so he's still going to make <laughs> plays regardless, right? And so I think that's what's going to, you know, that's what you got to figure out. All right, so you just mentioned about how uh, it was an imperative in Dallas to try to get Zeke and Tony Pollard on the field at the same time. If you read the reports out of Green Bay, that's another thing they got going. They want to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon on the field at the same time. Obviously, you want to get your most talented offensive players on the field when you can, but is this is this kind of like these more two back sets, but two running back sets? Right. More of a, a response to like these two high shell safety coverages that they're playing to stop the pass. Is that is that what that is, or is it just the idea of trying to get your best football players out? I there? think it's a matter of just trying to get your best football players on the field. Um, I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's just common sense to me. Get two get two really good football players because that's a similar sure. situation, right? You have Zeke who can ground and pound, and Zeke's actually a pretty good receiver himself too. And then you have Tony Pollard who can run around and, and line up outside. It's the same situation for Green Bay. You have A.J. Dillon who was just running through people all day long, and then Aaron Jones can line up wherever he wants. Especially in this case right now for Aaron, it's going to be huge for him to get the players on the field who he knows what, where they're going to be, you know? You mean for Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be huge for him. For Aaron Rodgers. To get the Aaron Joneses of the world. Exactly, excuse me, Aaron Rodgers, yeah. yeah. We can let, by the way, we can let go of that damn, uh, him not working where his receivers in the offseason stuff, man, that's annoying the hell out of me. (laughs) That is. Why is it? The reason, here's the thing. Christian Watson catches that pass. There is no discussion. None. Because what that does, it boosts everyone's confidence. That is a layup. You don't need a... You don't. You can go out there. You don't need a practice to catch a, a go ball. Fair, fair. You know That's what I'm saying? Fair. Now, sure. There's other. Yeah. If, you, if, there's if other you're part- in the pros, this is something you should just be able to do. A you should need to like run it ten times before you can get it right. A yeah. go ball. A, a dime too. That was a dime. That was boom where it needs to be. 
I would have blamed on the lights. I would have looked up and be like, hey, man, you know, the lights. I would have said something. <laughs> be like, I need more eye black. I would have said something. something. Yeah. I want to transition and talk about Tom Brady because I've never retired from anything before, <laughs> right? So I don't know what it's like. I've, I've, I've never retired before. I'm 33. You know, I've gotten fired a few times. I've quit. But the idea of just retiring, I don't know. And the things, uh, things generally that I quit, I didn't miss them on the way back. So I don't know how it is to retire from the game. But I do know this. I have several times said, F this job, as I was looking for a new one to try to quit it. And I did. And I, as I started to get those. Why did you say, why did you say F like, this job? Because, you know, it was just it was getting annoying, man. <laughs> I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I'm, I, I'm not doing what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? It's got its benefits. Like I get paid. That's cool. I, I probably have good hours or something like that. But it's like, it's not, I'm not doing what I'm trying to do. I'm not doing what I want to do. And so then you start to, when you start to like get a taste of the things that you actually want to do and you have to go to work, that's when you get the F this job feeling. It's like, man, over this it. job I'm is getting in it. my way. Yeah, it's getting in my way of doing what I'm trying to do. Get in my way. I want to go out Friday night, but I got to get up early Saturday morning to go work for you. All right. That, by the way, that's a horrible reason. But go ahead. I'm just saying, when I hear Tom Brady saying, how much longer do I want to make this commitment to football? It makes it sound like he is really kind of saying in, in football speak, yo, F this job. But I don't really, I don't like, I, 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 I don't have nothing better else to do right now, but I want to do something different. Right. I don't know. I, I don't, I, I just, it, if I was a teammate, if you were his teammate, how would you feel about Tom Brady with this? I'm 45. I got a lot of, I got a lot of stuff going on. He's done everything. He's done, he has nothing to prove. But what I do know, what he has shown is that he's going to show up every Sunday. He's going to prepare Monday to Saturday and get it done on Sunday. He's committed to helping the team, but when he's doing his interviews, he's, he's keeping it a hundred. He's been one foot in one foot out for, I don't know how long as of late. So yeah, I mean, I, I trust me, uh, a Brady halfway committed is better than most quarterbacks who are fully committed. So I, as a, as a, as a teammate, I am not tripping at all whatsoever. But yeah, you, you're right though. Cause this, this is where Brady messed up. So he retired, right? And he goes to a English premier Manchester United match. And I think, correct me on this, Eddie, if I think we're in a Christian Ronaldo had a hat trick that game. Okay. And I think, and I, and they talked afterwards. So I'm pretty sure when, when Brady felt that energy, he's like, man, F this. I'm coming back. I, I can't I can't go home. He said, I'm coming back. So I think a lot of those things, uh, in terms of him, sure, like, am I ready for part two? Even though I will say this too, part two is looking really nice for Fox. Really nice. Uh in terms of in terms of what's waiting. <laughs> but I absolutely agree with you that going to that man U game. And and first of all, talking to the Glazers who own the team, <laughs> but going to that game and Ronaldo was there. And I don't remember if he had yes. a hat trick exactly, but he did ball out. And it was supposed to be like the picture, like two goats next to each other. And he's like, wait a second. I'm, am I done? I don't know. Right. He No, he. I think he asked him. I think he really asked him. He but said, are I you just, done? And I mean, like, I, feel I don't know, man. If I was his teammate, I don't know what I would feel. I, I know this. I would never say anything publicly about how I would feel if I was like actually upset that he was missing parts of training camp or anything like that. But uh, it just it just gives me cause for concern in terms yes, of the Buccaneers. Confirming, I am confirming right now that yes, Ronaldo had a hat trick. See, so that's what it was. It wasn't like 
versus Tottenham. That's what Hotspur. it is. It's 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 because Tom Brady, I feel like, he views himself obviously as he should as one of the best football players of all time, but also like as as a yep. as one of the greatest athletes, like a contemporary across the board. Like I bet if if you you probably couldn't get him to do it, but on the lie detector test, he would probably say he compares himself to Serena Williams and Michael Jordan and 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 those types of people, as opposed to a Drew Brees or an Aaron Rodgers, you know, like I think that he would probably think in that way. So the idea that Ronaldo probably got him in there, I buy it. I really do buy it. And it makes a lot of sense too, because the, he, I feel like he was done. And I just don't, I don't understand how he came back, but here we are watching Tom Brady again. It's hard, but it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to lose or be done when you lose like that. He came back against the Rams and they were going to win that game until Cooper Cup took off wide open down the middle of the field. And not not to mention, too, Brady had his best season. Yeah, he balled. He threw for damn near 5,500. OK, it, it, it kind of reminds me of when. When I was in Green Bay and pretty much they were trying to this is different. They were trying to force Brett out the door. They were like, right. OK, we are ready for Aaron Rodgers. And then we he takes us all the way to the NFC championship game. And that's where he threw the pick in overtime to Corey Webster, and then Giants go and kick the field goal. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, <laughs> but I, he, like, for him, he didn't want to go out like that. Right. So he fake retired, and then obviously we all know what happened. Goes to the Jets just to get back to Minnesota, and then comes back and whoops us. But yeah, it was it was like that, especially when you go out like that. Now, if he had a horrible season, if Brady played awful this year, then I'm sure he would have. Like Peyton. I mean, I know Peyton ended up in the yeah, ring, but Peyton yeah, did not it play was, well. It was, yeah. it was yeah. evident. It was evident that like, all right, you, it was like, you definitely you put your name on the group project here, Peyton Manning. But it's like, hey, you still got an A. You still got an A. So he's on A. No shit. Hey, man. Hey, but you man. definitely put your name on the group project there. Von no Miller, doubt. Von Miller, uh, <laughs> Peyton Manning owes you some dinner. But uh, speaking of Tom Brady, I want to move into some of the games that we want to pick for next week. And we'll obviously wrap this up with a lemon pepper parlay. Will, that's just any side, total, player prop, player prop or whatever you want to do, as long as they correlate. And it's be a lemon pepper parlay. But the Buccaneers are three-point favorites against the New Orleans Saints. The total is 44. And uh, I'll be honest, I bet this early. So I bet I bet um, – I bet a you lot got of games him. early. I don't know. Yeah, still. My last co-host would have been like, "Whoa!" I don't do want that. that. I don't want that line exactly. moving on me. I now. actually <laughs> bet this after week. I, I bet this game week one because I said the Saints should handle Atlanta, and then the Buccaneers will beat the Cowboys, and then what will end up happening is the Buccaneers are going to move up. I mean, the Buccaneers is going to end up shortening the line a little bit. I thought Saints three and a half was the best I was going to get. It's still at Saints plus three. But I, th- I like the Saints in this matchup here. Tom Brady is gets completely owned by the Saints since he's been in Tampa, save for the playoff game. And even in that playoff game, it was the off- It was kind of Drew Brees' ineptitude, I feel like, that cost the Saints that win. Uh, I, I don't know what it is about these, and Damashek always points it out, these mini eras in football where like this coordinator seems to own this quarterback. But for some reason, Dennis Allen has had Tom Brady's number as, as since he's been a member of the Buccaneers, and I'm going to keep running with that. I feel like that's a trap. You think so? I feel like that is. I feel like it's a trap because of that. Like when you know you obviously you seen Last Dance, right? Yeah. Jordan needed anything; he would make up stories just to do just to just to get it done. You know, I, I mentioned earlier Tom Brady has done everything you can imagine. He, he could have retired 
four years ago, and he still would have done everything you can imagine. So now he's going into week two, knowing as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, I have never beaten the Saints. That's true. <laughs> I have never beaten the Saints. Okay. Um, I am spending all of my he probably spent the whole offseason just to get just just to get ready for week two. Okay. Because last last week should have well, been a blowout. Had that's Michael, the thing that concerns me because he didn't spend a whole he spent half, he spent 40 days of it retired. And then he spent man, two weeks that of training man, camp off somewhere doing something else. But all man, the rest of it, maybe he, he, he was had, preparing for week two. Look, he has all the film at home, okay? This man was watching football at home, okay? I'm I'm retired, and I have all the all 22s. I sit here and watch football. I don't even play or coach, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so I can imagine what he's doing. But, yeah, in this case, just, just getting ready for him. He has not um, gotten it done. So, I don't know. That That is a... It's a trap for me, but I still end up taking the Saints. <laughs> yeah, I've st- I'm going to go with the mini trend because I feel like you go. You said you're going to spread a money line. I'm going to spread. I'm taking this is on the spread. I'm taking the Saints. Okay. I got the Saints in three and a half, and that's all I'm going to sit on for right now. It's sitting at three right now, so you can still go get it. At, at but at three and a half, I really liked it because I and these two teams they should play close. I mean, the, the last two. But times, I will say though, I will say though, he did get them when it mattered though. Yeah, he got, he got them in the divisional playoffs. game. In the divisional game. Yeah, so that was that was. See, but the regular season, no chance. I'm a Saints fan, and I just I went from the first, I don't know, 23 years of life with no expectations whatsoever. Right? It was they they always lost, and then since now the last 10 have been a Super Bowl, and then just how can we lose in completely dramatic fashion? In the postseason, right. like the Minneapolis Miracle, our, our Kyle Rudolph, and like Kirk Cousins just winning playoff games on us, Case Keenum. Anyway, that was another. At least Tom Brady, I was like, all right, at least it's Tom Brady. It's Tom, you know, okay, cool. I can, I can stomach this one a little bit more. You know what I absolutely could not stomach, though, from last year, and it's why this team isn't a playoff team, is when Brandon Staley decided to kick the extra point instead of going for two in the fourth quarter because all season long he had been talking about how he was he, Justin Herbert, we think we got the best player on the field. We're going to go for it. We're going to go for it on fourth and nine. We'll go for it on fourth and 15, our own 13-yard line. I don't give a damn, right? But and when the playoffs were on the line, he kicked the extra point to go to overtime, and I still hold it against him. But they are the Thursday night matchup to that, the Chargers and the I Kansas City wait Chiefs. For that game. Good gosh. It should be an absolute banger of a game, especially after the Sunday night dud that we had between – I mean – Monday night was pretty good, but it was still, no one expected it to be good. This is one that hopefully is going to expect to be good and live up to the billing. The Chargers are four-point four dogs, and it's uh, 54.5 for the total. Well, who do you like in the side? You know, the, the difference is, is that the L.A. Chargers are now coming fully loaded. Fully, fully loaded and reach. Now, they are missing J.C., but in terms of, you're looking at division. You got Russell. You know, you got Russell. You got Mahomes. You got Derek Carr. So they they get Khalil, right? That, and what he did to that left tackle, just running right through him and landing right in Derek Carr's lap, was something else. And then also you you got, you know, Derwin James getting blitz. He's like he's healthy. He got new money. Like all these guys are inspired and motivated. Like I mentioned for Tampa Bay, they're they're looking at the Saints. Chargers are looking at the Chiefs. Like if we just dethrone these dudes, then Man, it's smooth sailing from here on out. Because, right, you do have 
outside of like Josh Allen and and um Aaron Aaron Rodgers, you have two of the most gifted quarterbacks. I mean, I mean what what Herbert does with the football, and I actually got to watch a live practice. I seen them practice against the joint practice versus the Cowboys. And just to sit here and watch the velocity, you just it's crazy. And I've been fortunate to play football NFL for 12 years. So I've seen a lot of like sure. beautiful thrown footballs. Like I played at Favre and Rogers, as I mentioned earlier. But to watch him and the way he throws a football, it's ridiculous. It is absolutely it looks crazy on camera, on TV, but in person, it's unreal. But the Chiefs, the whole narrative with them is what? No Tyreek Hill. They can't take the top off the defense. No Tyreek Hill. They can't get creative. But I think this actually helped Mahomes because now it's going gonna, it's gonna to allow him to go literally go through his progression and, and find ways to make plays. You're going to be forced to, to force to read it as opposed to well, just. Well, yeah, because that's what happened last year is they were trying so, so hard to take it over the top. Just, just keep it simple. You know, and with Andy, with the Chiefs, as long as you have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, honestly, it could be a revolving door of receivers. Like, that's how I feel, you know, right. because that's the nucleus. But right now, man, in KC, I'm a, I'm a rock with KC. I just, I just feel like they have enough weapons all around. Um, Chargers are not going to have Keenan Allen. Uh, that's going to be huge. Um, obviously, Everett's going to do well. Maybe this could be the game where Mike Williams is a problem again. Uh, to, to help those boys, but also the Chiefs, they'd lost their first round corner, I believe, uh, from Washington. So, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Kansas City here. Um, yeah, I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking the Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers. Road teams in this divisional series are 10 and 6 against the spread. So it's not straight up, but it's against the spread on the road. And it feels a little counterintuitive. I know Keenan Allen is out, and I know the Chiefs have been the big bad, the big bad wolf of the AFC West for the for for prohibitive you know passes. Since it's been uh, Reed and Mahomes paired together, the Chiefs have ran the AFC West. But I you mentioned no Tyreek Hill and how it might help Mahomes. I think that right. looking at this is with a healthy Derwin James. And you know the football chess pieces better than I do, but I think you have a Derwin James matchup with with, with Travis Kelsey. And then, like you said, this is going to be on Mahomes to just be able to read it. But with the Khalil Mack as well on the other, on rushing the passer, I think I like this Chargers defense and their ability to kind of – because everybody's going to double-team Travis Kelsey. I like the idea that they would be able to maybe – just shade coverage or roll coverage towards Travis Kelsey and still play more straight up defense because they have a guy like Derwin James who could go head up with a guy like Travis Kelsey. But I wouldn't put I, put, I wouldn't put too much attention on on Travis. I would say like we have we have a guy that could. I mean, if Travis Kelsey eats, then let him eat, but don't let anybody else like gotcha. get it done. Almost like the LeBron rule, like let LeBron get 35, 12, and and eight. You know what I'm saying? Let us take care of everybody else. Like he's gonna get his. I feel like Travis is, he still might get his regardless. He's a hard matchup for anybody one on one. But that if you keep doing that with Duran James, you're gonna take him out of the play because he's a big key in the run game. Sure. You know, he's he's like a baby cam in a sense. Uh when it comes to that, Cam Chancellor, that is. So and this, I mean, this especially on prime time, this this could be the game. This could be the juju game. I might I need to get a juju prop going here. I need to look this up. <laughs> Okay. That's my so it's juice. You know what it would be, and then I'll go make a TikTok afterwards in a locker room. No. I got to after what the Steelers did. You got to do something now. <laughs> no, but I think I like the Chargers. In the, so my prop that I like in this game, I'm looking at DeAndre Carter after uh, Keenan Allen went down. 
Uh, it seemed like DeAndre Carter was a, a favorite target of Justin Herbert. And right. he's been a guy who's kind of bounced around most recently from Washington, if, if I remember correctly. But always a guy who seemed like he could take the top off. Um, and so I, I, I like his ability. And especially with the way the Chiefs have played defense historically, kind of leaving their corners out there and, and trying to get home in terms of rushing the passer. Uh, I, I like the Chargers in this to cover and keep it close. I don't know if they win yet. I'll, I'll have that decision by Sunday, <laughs> but I'm definitely picking the Chargers plus four. Well, well, yeah. I mean, we'll, yeah, we'll see about that. That's gonna be it's gonna be real interesting. I like Chiefs money line. So the team that was in the AFC, the t- number one team in the AFC last year, the Tennessee Titans. And the team that everybody is penciling in as the number one seed in the AFC this year, the Buffalo Bills. The Titans are 10-point dogs here with a total of 49 and a half. 10-point dogs. Like, I don't know if you paid any attention to this type of stuff when you were playing, Will, but I feel like... I didn't, actually. I didn't. It's like, that's not... A, if that was... A, if now in these day and age, I wonder if the coaches walk in there and be like, everybody else <laughs> thinks you're going to lose by at least 10 points. You got the biggest spread on the board. But this is, I mean, this is kind of a disrespectful level spread to me. Why do you think that, though? Just <clears throat> off the fact that it's the, everybody out here is a pro. I, like the Titans I mean, were the number one team in the AFC. And if they had, may, I'll put it like this. If Randy Bullock makes that field goal instead of misses this field goal against the Giants, or Brian Dable or, or Daniel Jones doesn't complete that two-point conversion, you think this is still a 10-point line? I'm trying to put myself in the in the uh, position of the uh, of Vegas. <clears throat> Figure they were what four and a half favorites over New York. Yeah, it was for five. Yeah, and everyone is not five and a half. Yeah, I think it moved at the end. Um, over them, which no one really picked the Giants to do well at all this year. Well, I didn't pick them to do well. I picked them to win that game though. Yeah, but I'm saying do well at all this year, right. and they end up losing. Buffalo comes to LA and whoops their potential Super Bowl opponent. <clears throat> so I think they're looking at this like, man, Buffalo's ready to rock. Like if there is a team that put in work this offseason and, and who was extremely motivated, it's Buffalo. Absolutely. Buffalo Buffalo should have played in the Super Bowl last year. I mean, I mean they they should have. Um despite the late heroics of Mahomes. Can I just can I just so, say this so, real quick? Can we just <laughs> say that Buffalo should have played in the AFC championship game? Not Super Bowl. Not so. I, we don't. I don't. I'm not ready to go there yet. I'm not ready. Why not though? Because well, <laughs> I was high on. The, uh, well, you, last year I did this podcast with TJ Husmanzada. So uh, obviously we were. I don't say obviously, but we were a big so y'all Bengals, were Bengals all the way. But Bengals all the way. Come, but come. You're, like, like, you're lucky then because you have to admit I have no. I have no allegiance to no team, no loyalty to any team. Well, I, no, nah, I was on them. I was on them early. I helped convince him that this team was real. Like, in week four, Even though I have five, a Jags hat on. Yeah, I mean, but you got <laughs> you got the Jags hat on, but then you got either the football team or the commanders or whatever they're called back there and the Packers. They only I got, got one my team. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You're good. You're good. <laughs> but uh, in terms of the Titans and the I'm not trying to hear it, man. They should have went. I don't want to hear it. No, nah, they, they would have to go and be. Yeah. I need them to go and, and and win the AFC Championship game before everybody just puts them in the Super Bowl. Like they lost in the divisional round. Like I get it, but I mean, damn. Like everybody put the Rams in the Super Bowl early. They put them in but, before the season started, and boom, here you go. That is true. But it was Matthew. I guess they had the whole Matthew Stafford effect. Yes, that was huge. But I had them going when I had them going, but then Cam Akers got hurt and I took them off. And then Cam Makers got healthy. So that's my fault. 
either that or modern medicine. You had Jerry, he must have had Jerry Jones as his doctor, right? He's going to heal a broken hand in two weeks as opposed to the six to eight that they're saying generally for Dak. But with the Titans and the Bills, I I think I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go with the Titans because I just can't imagine that. I think they're going to be have a worse year than they did last year. Obviously, they had a pretty good year last year. I would take that. I would take that spread. 10, but that's 10 a lot of points. points is a ton of points. And for a Bills team, like, I, I you want to talk about because the game's not the game's not going to be explosive like that. Yeah, it's not. Tennessee's going to run the hell out of the football. They're going to run the ball that a is. lot. Buffalo is going to try to control the ball a lot, even though they don't necessarily run the ball right in the same way that Tennessee is going to just feed Derrick Henry. But ten points is too many points, and uh, and I I just can't imagine that if the Ra- if the Titans had actually won that game, which I feel like they probably should have. This wouldn't be a 10-point line. It'd be much closer to six and a half, like more of the other some of the other lines that we see. And then I'd be a little concerned. I think the Bills win this thing by a touchdown. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I still think Derek Hurry might go off. Last year, he almost had 150 on these dudes. And it was a close game. It, it actually was a high-scoring game. You know, they won by, I think it was like 34, 31, something like that. But Tennessee actually won that game. Um, I think especially with the addition of Von Miller, that's going to be a huge uh, asset for them. And then Milano looked really good at linebacker. Uh, he was in every single play um, versus the Rams. So that's going to be huge. And then obviously, man, I mean, you can't, I don't think you can find a better tandem of safeties to all pro safeties. They're going to be huge instrumental. Oh, yeah. However, however, if Derrick Henry gets to that second level, it's going to be a long day. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you that. I'll tell you. So here's what people understand. It's it's not even it's not even so much about like okay when you have a big running back coming towards you it's not like oh I'm afraid I'm afraid to hit this guy it's not I don't think any there aren't many guys who are afraid to tackle somebody right. it's the it's the fact that yo this is gonna hurt like this is gonna <laughs> be terrible can I can I can I sustain this for a whole game hitting this damn running back. Like that's that's the problem, and eventually it's gonna wear on you, and then it will affect you in other areas. Now, like, what if I'm hitting this running back, my shoulder goes numb, I get a spasm, and now you know I got to play middle field safety and try to get over and cover over the top, and I can barely run because I've been tackling this damn running back all day, right. and I got a headache. That's a big deal. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. It's like you know, you take that hit with seven minutes left in the first quarter, and be like, damn, it's how long till the end of the game? <laughs> I could, I could. That's why the that's why the Rams struggle with Niners because those two little safety that come up and hit them backs all day long. But anyhow, I do like that too. I, I like Tennessee um, covering the spread. So speaking of the Rams, the guy who just left the Rams, Kevin O'Connell, has Justin Jefferson looking like Cooper Cup after one game, right? No, looking like Justin Jefferson. Fair, fair. <laughs> Don't Very do fair. that. Look you know what? You know what? I should. You know what? I should. I should. Uh, I should apologize to Justin Jefferson because, in my, especially last week when I picked the Vikings uh, to beat the Packers, I said that when they were both at LSU, Justin Jefferson was the better receiver than Jamar Chase, and he'll show it this year. Not not shading Jamar Chase. Obviously, Jamar Chase is amazing. Just when they were in college, I thought Justin yeah, Jefferson they're, they're was both, the guy. Yeah, they're both. A, they're both. They're both a beast in their in their own mm-hmm. right. It's um. I don't. I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like the, like Jamar's the, the type where it's like, okay, I'm gonna get quadruple covered, throw the ball in the middle of traffic. I'm just gonna just try to beast everybody, and then Justin Jefferson's like, I'm just gonna be wide open, hiding out in this corner right here, and and just gonna just crush Man, him. So that move he put on Jair Alexander, 
Uh, I I just I don't I don't this is the one that he came across the right. midfield. He was I mean he was so open. There was nobody else even in the TV picture with him. That and, was mind boggling to me, man. It's like Jair Alexander's a good player. Like it's not even Jair. I'm just like overall like defensively like take away the main guy. <laughs> <laughs> take away the main guy. It's like that simple. Like it's it's. It's not simple to do it, but it's simple to create a game plan to give yourself a chance to do it. Right. You know, they kept the two times they ran the crossers. Justin Jefferson was tight to the line of scrimmage. Immediately. Football one-on-one. You are alerting play action. You are alerting possible deep crossers. That is the history of football. Just off where he's lined up because he's lined up tight Just to the line of scrimmage. Just off where he's lined up. Just off where he's lined up. So you saw every time there was to- there was no communication because the corner the corner would chase Jefferson and then the safety should dive down and take him and the, and the corner would replace. But you saw that the safety was not sure like where to go, what to do. The corner didn't know what to do. Therefore, Justin Jefferson's wide open. I mean... Like that is the history of football. So... It depends. Well, I got to ask you, Will, do you think that the Eagles have studied the history of football enough to be able to take that away from the Vikings as they play this weekend? The Vikings are two-point dogs. The total was 50 and a half. And uh, I want to hit your side first before I tell you where yeah, I'm Yeah, no, I, th- I think so because the Eagles have a – they have a veteran secondary that's really smart. Um, Marcus Epps, is a, he's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant uh, safety. Obviously, Darius Slade is really smart. Bradbury coming over is very, very smart, you know. Um, you know, you like all these dudes and, and your homeboy from the Saints. I said the wild one who's always in Brady's face. Yeah, that's, um, that's, and, and get, that's definitely the wild one, though. Yeah, and they get guarded. So they have a veteran secondary who's very, very smart. The key to that is everyone's gonna know where they're supposed to be. Everyone's gonna be in sync. Whether you whether you know the person or not, you'll be able to communicate. So they're gonna be able to eliminate those type of situations. Um, um, or maybe Slay follows them. You know, Slade Slade does travel right. a lot with the number one receiver. So this is going to be a, a Dalvin Cook Madison game. So do you think that the Vi- that's enough to cover the two for the Vikings? I think that's enough to cover the two for the Vikings. I'm about to say because you tell me it's going to be a Dalvin Cook Madison game. Well, I remember last week watching DeAndre Swift like run for like nine yards a carry. And it, see, I mean, he's swift though. He's, I he's mean, nice though. And he, I mean, he's nice. And it's, it, it, but it, it probably caught them off guard though. I think, I think it caught Philly off guard. You know, I think, I think that was the, I actually picked Detroit me to too. upset. I picked them to upset Philly because I was like, man, this is a trap game. You know, Detroit's live. They're going to Detroit. Let's rock. And I think he just caught them off guard. I think in this case, they, they know, okay, Cook, Jefferson, like that is it. Get it done. Man, you want to talk about that game with the Eagles? I had a Giants money line, Texans money line, Lions money line parlay last week. So the Texans tied, so that leg just gets taken out. So now essentially I have a Giants and Lions parlay. It's going to pay out 10 to 1. And the Lions, as soon as Jared Goff threw that pick six, I said, they're only going to cover. There's no way they win. They can't overcome that. There's no chance that they win this game. They're only going to cover. My parlay was blown. But this, that pick six hurt. I mean, it really did hurt. Because 10, 10 to 1 on a $50 bet, hey, man, you know. 
I'm with it. I never play. I didn't play no NFL, man. I ain't got these big old checks. You know what I'm saying? I, I got I got TV producer checks. I could use that. Listen, <laughs> I don't I don't drop more. To, I don't drop more than like twenty bucks on a bet now. Okay, I don't okay. I don't go crazy over here. I got. Yeah, I keep it. I because otherwise I get I get way too parlay happy. I did. I dropped a mean parlay last week, and that thing got blown up in a heartbeat. Well. Why don't you go ahead and drop a mean lemon pepper parlay for this week? <laughs> yeah. What you got? Ranch or blue cheese? I'm going ranch. Thank you. Okay. Now we're good friends. I appreciate it. I really is about to end this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like foods that smell bad. And blue cheese has a smell that I can't really get I like behind. blue cheese, but not with the wings. Yeah. My lemon pepper parlay, well, I'm going this year, this week. I'm going to take the Lions on the money line against the Commanders. I don't think the commanders are very good and the Lions aren't very good either. But I think that uh, the Lions probably should cover the two and a half anyway. But just to be safe, I'm going the Lions on the money line. And just to be safe, as I bet on the Lions, that's gross. Um, <laughs> and I'm going the Ravens on the money line and I'm going the Browns on the money line. That's my three team lemon pepper parlay. I don't know. I don't know how well seasoned that is. Hey, man, look. I'll try to make money. I don't know. Betting on the Lions may be counterintuitive, but I think Carson Wentz is terrible. And I think he... No, that's that's not counterintuitive. The, I feel like going to Detroit is literally like going... It is. Like, they're going to the shelter at A-Mile. Like, <laughs> you, you better come with some bars, okay? <laughs> you better come with some bars. Jalen Hurts has some bars, you know? Right. Um. So I think I think that's a big deal. I do like that. I, man, so here's what's wild. This might be it. I, I don't want this to happen, but Colts going to Jacksonville. They they threw a dud last week in Jacksonville. I'm not doing that. That's I, bro. <laughs> it was my big stay away. It was my big stay away because it's like the Colts should win after what happened last week, but also to out of the, it it feels funny. If it was like a six and a half point line, I feel better about it. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not. So I like here's my I like. The Texans to cover. Okay, I like that too. Okay, I'm a I'm a I'm a Davis Mills believer. Okay, Me too. I like the Texans to cover, Tennessee to cover, and I'm gonna take Minnesota on the money line. Okay, I'm I'm playing that. First of all, <laughs> I'm gonna play that. <laughs> I like that. I like. I, I. Me too. I am also a Davis Mills believer, man. I also like the Broncos. Don't deserve to hang ten on anybody at this point in the game. I can't imagine that after we just what we just saw on Monday night against the Seahawks. The Broncos aren't ten point favorites to anybody. The Texans are going to cover that game. I like that as well. But for the first edition of this edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay, I'm Martin Weiss. It's Will Blackman. Enjoy week yes, two. Yes, sir. Let's do it. <laughs>